You're listening to the Stream Grace Network. Thanks for joining us on the Renewed You podcast. We're here to help you discover how mental, physical, and spiritual health combine to help you live your best life. We want to give you hope, tools, and encouragement because the world needs a renewed you. Now, here's your host, John Yule. Hey, hey, hey. Welcome to this edition of the Renewed You podcast. I'm your host, John Yule. This podcast is sponsored by New Life Church. We would love for you to check us out at newlifeokc.org. And uh, today is going to be a great episode, one I've been looking forward to doing for um, a little bit. And uh, you're going to really, really love this. And and hopefully you get some tips and tools uh, to help you really begin to change an important area of your life. Today, my guest uh, co-host is my father. Hey, Pop. Hey. Hey, son. <laughs> I almost said Jeremy, but you're yeah, not Jeremy. I'm not Jeremy, no. Yeah, Jeremy's prettier. I, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> Younger. <laughs> Younger and prettier. Yeah, well, anyway, yeah. good to have you here yeah, today. Good to be here. Dad. And then my guest is a friend of mine. His name is Gabe Griffin. How you doing, Gabe? I'm doing good. How are you? Dude, I'm, I'm great. I'm really glad that you're here today because um, uh, I want to hear your story and have you share it and then uh, talk about something that is important to me and should be important to all of us. So um, here's just kind of a scope today. Today we're going to talk about physical health. And uh, so give yourself uh, a cup of coffee and um, let's uh, dive in and talk about ways that we can get healthy physically. But before we do, let's find out a little bit about Gabe. So Gabe, take it away. Talk about you, man. <laughs> all right. <laughs> I, uh, I'm uh, 22 years old. Um, I, uh, I'm a personal trainer, uh, and basically the long story short of that is that I was, uh, pretty unhealthily overweight. Um, at my heaviest, I was like just shy of 315. So what? Yeah, it was not I good. still can't believe that. <laughs> There's pictures to prove it, but not many cause I was embarrassed. But, uh, then, um, has some different people in my life come and talk to me about their concern for my health. Um, which I think is, you know, I can touch on that later, but I think it's probably mm-hmm. the most crucial thing that people don't do now because it's, quote, mean to mm-hmm. do. Anyway, um, started to uh, work out and eat right and um, kind of made the same mistakes that everybody makes, but I was very determined because I wanted to not... I wanted to be at uh, 22 or 21 at the time, more specifically, where a lot of people get when they're in their 30s, when they start to really get into the... Um, you know, important aspects of changing your life. Cause once you get to a certain age, right. It's like, okay, well, and even at 20, I was going to the doctor and they're like, your blood pressure is really high. And I blamed it on genetics and didn't blame it on the fact that the scale was, you know, heavy breathing just for me standing on it. You know? <laughs> and, uh, anyway, so yeah. I just took that approach and I kept, kept with it and found what worked for me and, uh, developed a passion and a love for fitness and health and, uh, you know, enjoying life in an active way. So, well, cool. Um, well, where are you from, man? Where were you born? Uh, Oklahoma City. Oh, wow. <laughs> born and raised. That was very adventurous there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so you've been in Oklahoma City all your life. Yep, yep. And, um, uh, of course, you and your dad, your dad is a great friend of mine, your family is, and we all work together here at New Life Church, and uh, Gabe is not only a physical, personal trainer, 
but he is also a worship leader in his own right and musician and and um You've actually got recordings out there and albums, man. Come on, plug them for a minute. Okay, very quickly because I don't want to sound like that guy. But uh, Gabe- you are no, I'm that guy pulling it out of you. It's uh, if anybody's curious, it's Gabe Griffin on uh, all streaming platforms, so Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube, Pandora, fill in the blank. So and put, it, put in your there. name and it brings up your music. Yeah, I'm the all only right. Gabe Griffin out there. Oh, how about that? There's a Gabriel Griffin that is not me, <laughs> but I'm sure he's great too. <laughs> well, I want you to know, man, I cannot drive to your house now and see that Blue Sky Drive without hearing that song. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard that from a couple different people, actually. Like, one of my friends was like, dude, I didn't realize it was the actual name of your street. I thought it was just your song. I was like, no, no, no. Yeah, man, I, I, I see this sign and I the tune pops in my head. So mm-hmm. uh, it's got a good little hook to it. You did a good job with <laughs> Thank that. Thank you. Um, but check out his music. And uh, he, he does a really good job. You'll, you'll be blessed by it. He's a good musician and um, spends a lot of time I mean, when did you get into music? Well, um, so I'm, like my dad's obviously a worship leader and has done music and audio throughout his whole life. Well, since I guess I was alive. And uh, so I was always interested in it in that way. And my grandpa too actually um, owns like four or five guitars and like banjos and like weird instruments. Weird <laughs> and instruments. <stuff>. <laughs> and so I'd always kind of mess around with it a little bit, you know? Um, wait, wait, wait. You play the banjo? No, 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 no. no. Oh, okay. I would just like, I would pluck a string and tell people I played it, you know? Gotcha. And, uh, and so anyway, my dad, um, I would just be very attentive to music and I always loved music in general. Like I always just very intentionally listened, which I think is a crime that a lot of people don't do. Right. You know, they don't, they don't, uh, listen, they just hear an aspect of the music and I'm like, well, listen to it four different times, but look at like listen intentionally for something else and it expands the song so much more so anyway I was doing that um pretty young like throughout my whole life and then my dad when I was 14 needed a drummer and um everybody that he was needing on a Sunday I believe it was a Thursday or a Friday um everybody he needed or could use on a Sunday morning was out of town so at the very bottom of the food chain, there I was, uh, and I had never played before. And that wow. first Sunday, um, my mom being a classic mom used to, you know, loves to tell people, and he did so good. And that's just the <laughs> biggest lie that's ever been told. It was so bad. Uh, but it was an important and crucial step into, sure. you know, getting to the next week. So that's where it started. Um, and I really enjoyed and I, I still love playing drums. It's it's my first instrument. A lot of people don't know that because I do primar- primarily guitar. Right. Um, but guitar didn't start till I was, I think, 16 or 17. And that was because I was playing basketball. And my dad um, didn't really like the coach too much. Actually, a lot of people didn't. He got fired. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so anyway, he made me quit, which I didn't like at the time. But then yeah. I had a bunch of free time. And you can't really carry around a drum set around the house and play it, <laughs> yeah. you know, or play it really by yourself. I mean, you can, but yeah. So I liked the idea of doing that. And I just at that time discovered John Mayer, who's like my incredible guitar. Yeah. Yeah. He's my guitar guy, man. So, um, started learning his stuff and kind of following his chain. So I'd watch videos of who he was inspired by and started to follow those. And then made my way to like the Jimi Hendrix, the Clapton's, the, you know, BB King, actually all mm-hmm. three Kings, you know? So, um, and yeah. And then from there it just kind of took off and I, I learned, I, a tiny little bit of piano just so I could help my recordings Yeah, when I would record at home, just have a little more life, but I am not a pianist by any stretch. So, so you know. define for those that are, that are listening, maybe they've never thought about this. Define 
for you, the difference in someone who plays and a musician? Um, what do you think is the difference for you? For me, the biggest difference is I think a lot of people can play guitar. And I think um, what that means is that you can learn how to play you know, EAD and right. you can use a capo and play a lot of songs that way. Right. Um, for me, what kind of sets apart a, like a guitarist versus somebody who can play a song, for example, um, is your ability to compose and write. And for me, like, um, if you can play by yourself without structure and no theoretic, like just like just enough music theory to know how to get by, to create chord structures and different things like that, then to me, then you are a musician in that sense. Mm -hmm. Um, which is not a knock on anybody who doesn't do that. You know, I think that I definitely fall into the play category. (laughs) Give me a capo G and D chords. I'm all over the place. And you know, that's pretty much all pop music too. So it works. (laughs) But, uh, for me, that's that. And two, I'm like, just to be completely transparent, I think, you know, for a lot of my life, I struggle with pride and, and actually at times it did me a, dash of good in the sense that when I picked up a guitar, my mindset was, I want to be the best that I can be. And for me, the best that I can be means I want to be, if I'm being truthful, my approach was, I want to be better than everybody. Mm -hmm. So, um, that changes as you mature, you know, but as a 17 year old with a lot of free time and only working a part-time job at Walgreens, you know, the corner (laughs) happy and healthy, you know, um, I had a lot of time. And so I just sit at home and I, I would play guitar. I mean, my mom and dad talk about it. Like I would just put a guitar on and just walk around the house until I went to bed. So So did this come naturally or did you take lessons? How did you learn theory and all the various aspects that you now know? How all that came? Um, so a lot of it came from, um, I don't really know how to say this without sounding Go ahead. pretentious, but like sure. I, I am self-taught on all of it. Okay. Um, self-taught meaning that I didn't ever pay a uh, teacher to teach me anything. All right. If I wanted to learn how to play a song, I would look at a chord chart and it shows you, I mean, chord charts will show you, you know, your five digits on your finger. Right. So one, two, three, and it'd show you where to put it on the cape or I mean, sure. on, excuse me, on the, uh, on the neck. And so I do that. And would practice it over and over. So, like, my first song I ever learned was Knocking on Heaven's Door, which is mm-hmm. three chords, yeah. sort of. I mean, technically, there's a fourth, but we're not going to count it. And uh, so I just learned G, D, and C. And I got really good at that. And I was like, okay, so now I know. Because the hardest thing, for, I think, specifically for guitar that people have is that, you know, you have to have the finger strength to hold the strings down. You have to do all these things. But then, and anybody can attest who's ever tried it, it's switching from chord to chord. Right. That's like oh, your yeah. first major stepping stone. Yeah. So I got to the point where I could do that. And then I started just messing around. I was like, well, I know how to go from G to D, but now I need to learn how to go from G to C or C to D. So I learned like all the different combinations. And then once I got really good with that, I was like, okay, I'm going to throw an E minor now so I can learn how to transition sure. that way. And so I just kind of add, it's like progressive overload. Same thing with like working out. It's like, okay, I can bench 225. So next time, theoretically, if yeah. I train a little bit harder than last time, I put a 2.5 on and that may not seem significant, yeah. but now it's 230, yeah. you know, which is stronger than last week. So, yeah. so would you say you had a natural aptitude for it, but just your commitment to learn, you expanded and, and all that came to play, you know, I say that to say, cause, uh, uh, my wife, she was at the Lord in, in heaven now, uh, early on in ministry, she was told, unless you can play the piano, you aren't going to be much help to your husband as a pastor, right? Well, she had no, 
Uh, I mean, she played the flute, I think, in our in our little band in, in school. She tried to learn the piano. She learned a couple little songs. But it just wasn't <laughs> it just wasn't her. Yeah. And yeah. yet she was pushed by this negative impact of unless she does something, she's gonna she's gonna help, uh, hinder me, right? Right. Of course, that proved not to be true. Yeah. But but obviously, you have something in you. I know our son had it too. We noticed it. We tried to get him. Um, uh, we put him with a teacher, and she just finally said, "Forget it," because he hears things and he goes where I, he just takes off. Right. And so obviously you have some of that in you, but uh, kudos to you that you just yeah. said, hey, I'm going to keep expanding this, right? You didn't settle for just, hey, I can do this well. Right. I want to do it all well. And I think you mentioned pride. You know, I, I think part of that is a part of the, that, that creativity God put in us, you know, that pushes us to achieve and to accomplish. And so I would say, you know, you're probably a person of excellence. You know, you want to be the best you can be. Nothing right. wrong with that. Right. It's not that, hey, in your face, I'm better than you type yeah, thing. Yeah, exactly. But within you, that's the driving right. uh, motivation that probably has even uh, led into your aspect of, of what you're doing right now, too. Right. There's something in you that motivates you yeah. to, uh, to, to do that. Uh, just something you mentioned earlier, um, you was talking about the mistakes everyone makes. I think in your lead-in, maybe you were thinking about uh, health or whatever. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you want to play on that a little bit. What, what were you conceiving in your mind, mind there? Yeah, so um, when I was talking about that specifically in terms of the mistakes everybody makes when they start their fitness and health journey, right? is um, everybody kind of goes straight to the year, at least if you don't know what to do or you're not. Like for me, I was a 21-year-old bachelor living at home um, so I barely even knew how to use a crock pot, you know, <laughs> so <laughs> right. that meant that, um, my meal prepping was uh, chicken, rice, and broccoli. And of course that only lasted like three days cause that tastes disgusting by itself. Right. <laughs> um, I did that and I, I did a lot of ego lifting. So I'd walk into the gym and instead of getting like on a mm -hmm. bicep curl, instead of getting good range of motion and full contraction, I just tried to pick up the forties and swing my whole arm and yeah. then didn't even hit my bicep. I was like getting a shoulder workout, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. So then, um, that's, and, and even the same approach with my music is it, it was like, like people, um, and I, I think all fathers and sons are like this. Like my dad, um, behind closed doors I've heard from people is very complimentary of me, <laughs> but to yeah. my face, he's always quick to tell me the mistakes I made first. Sure. And, and not in a way that's like demoralizing or, you know, you're bad at what you do. It's like, Hey, no one else is going to tell you this. So I'm going to tell you this. Right. And I think that is crucial for any development and same sort of thing happened. Like I had a lot of friends that were in the gym doing that kind of stuff for a long time before me. Um, and they were playing that role too. It was right. like, it was like, yeah, that's, that's good, but do it right next time. It'll be even better, you know? Right. Um, so that's kind of the approach I've taken. Everything is like, I want to be the best that I absolutely can be. And you are going to make mistakes, but you know, mistakes have to exist for success to exist. You right. know what I mean? So, um, it's a part of growing and it's a part of development. And if you don't have those things, then that means nine times out of 10, you're just stagnant. You right. know what I mean? And that's kind of the approach that I had is I was like, okay, I know that I, I, that there's healthy people who don't just eat chicken, rice and broccoli. You know? Right. And right. I was like, so let me find what works for me. And so yeah. like I do, I think a lot of guys are like this, like my experience with my guy clients too, is like, um, we don't really have a hard time eating pretty much the same thing every day. You know, like that's not really a problem I have. <clears throat> Excuse me. And, um, so I like, um, I use my air fryer and I fry the chicken and it's still like uh, skinless. 
Right. And then I put sugar-free barbecue sauce on it. Mm. And that is top tier <laughs> food for me, you know? So I love that. And that takes it so much farther than, you know, just straight, straight nothing chicken. on it. Yeah. And it's like people are afraid to use salt because yeah. of sodium content or, uh, you know, and just having too much in their body. Right. I'm like, okay, we'll compensate. Find your, the way that you, you know, adjust to that is you drink more water, yeah. you know, and you, you consciously make your next meal a little bit less sodium heavy and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah. Well, when you were it's talking good. about, um, cause I think you've got, we've got a good bridge here. So I want to jump back to the music for a minute. Mm-hmm. You said that, um, cause I agree. I was picking up on that too. Um, I appreciate as somebody who struggled with pride too, I appreciate that your statement there. Um, but I, I would just say, I don't know how much of it is pride as much as it's determination. Yeah, that's true. And, um, so when you talk about, um, walking around with a guitar, yeah. Okay. Um, that to me is one of the hallmarks of a, mu- of a musician is that they're just always playing. They're mm-hmm. always getting better. Um, you talked about moving, you know, you're right. Moving from one chord to the next in certain movements is easy, but yeah. like in G jumping from me, jumping from G to B minor. Yeah. Holy cow. Yeah. It's taken a long time <laughs> to get even close to that. Right. You know, and it's muscle memory and it's flexibility yeah. and, and all that jazz. Um, so at some point you had a determination to not only learn to play chords, but dude, you're way beyond chords. <laughs> um, and, uh, just finger picking and, and playing melodies and stuff. And, um, you had to be determined to get there. Right. Um, how did that play into, um, the determination when it came to the, the weight loss? Yeah. And before you answer another question, was there health issues with you that, that led to that as well? Um, there wasn't any, like, I mean, obviously like high blood pressure, but that kind of happens anyway. Um, once you started gaining a lot of weight, but other than that, what about type two diabetes? That was something I was afraid of towards the end, Mm -hmm. but it wasn't something that I was like, like I asked my doctor at the time and they were like, you know, you know, you don't have it right now, but I was like, okay, well, I'm not going to wait till I get it to make a change. Right. Um, but other than that, it was really just like my friends and my, um, kind of like making jokes about my size. Um, and you know, that I had a, an, I did another podcast where I talked about this too. And, um, they listened to, it and they're like, dude, we didn't know you were hurt. We were hurting your feelings. I was like, you weren't hurting my feelings, but I remembered it. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, okay, if I want to change, I'm not going to sit around and say, guys, can you stop being so mean to me? You know, like right. that's not how you get changed. You get changed by getting up and doing it. And you know, no one's going to lose weight for you. And that's what I tell people all the time when they ask me. And it's also not something that happens over one week, you know, time frame. Um, and then my dad at one point told me, was like, hey, man, I don't want to hurt your feelings, but I'm just, I'm concerned about your health and I want you to attack this now before it's too late kind of thing. And what he means by too late is basically just that I'm not starting when my, di- or when my, um, when my, uh, whatever the word is, I cannot think of it, but basically just before my body has when a your harder metabolism time. metabolism slows you, down. Metabolism. Yeah. Yeah. My body yeah. is having a harder time getting rid of the weight and putting on muscle. Right. Um. So they were just kind of helping me bro- be proactive about it. Um, you know, so that was really, there wasn't anything specifically that I was like, oh my gosh, you know, my doctor's like, you need to make a change now or you're not going to, you know, be healthy. You know, it was more like um, 
just something that I wanted to but, get done before, you know. But you had, excuse me, you had enough common sense to know that that was where you were heading unless right. you did something. Absolutely. Which is uh, certainly a plus for you as a young man rather than waiting until you get middle-aged or older and then you really suffer. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, the longer you wait to uh, work with your body, the harder it is to work with your body because the muscles, you know, they, they just don't respond like they right. like they would when you're younger or whatever your metabolism and stuff, stuff changes. So... Um, uh, you, you made a statement too about, uh, I just picked up on this concept about the importance of, of making a conscious, deep enough decision to get up and start something. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of people out of their mind, they, well, I need to, I would like to, I should, but never do anything. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. So, uh, what would you say to people maybe that they know they need to do something, uh, learn something, make a change in their health, whatever and yet they're procrastinating. Uh, what, what kind of encouragement do you give somebody like that? Yeah, um, so just in, it, this applies to everything like you're saying, but in specific, uh, or specifically when it comes to like health and um, the biggest thing people struggle with, I would say too, is more their diet. Like people can get past that first week of working out and kind of enjoy it, but it's staying consistent with your diet, especially when you see results, you're like, oh, I can eat bad again. And, right. you know, stuff like that. But I think the the most detrimental thing that people can say is, okay, well, I'll start Monday. Right. And, you know, and it's like, no, yeah. just because you had two bad meals today and it's 4 p.m. doesn't mean that your whole day is gone. Right. right. And so don't say, if you have an idea, you know, this is the, the reason that people don't find success and they don't see results is because what happens is, they have this idea and they feel really motivated in the moment and they're like, okay, that's it. Monday's the day. Right. Then Monday comes around and Mondays are hard, Mondays you know? Are hard. And yeah. so I'm like, no, if it's Thursday and you feel this way, start yeah. today. Right. Because I promise you, riding that wave of confidence is going to help you. Because once you make one good decision, that second one becomes a lot easier. Right. You know? And, um, and like, even my little brother was asking, you know, he's like, he, I guess they talked about it at school about yeah. doing exercise and he's like oh my brother does that you know <laughs> and so he's like you know I want you to help me exercise and I'm like okay well you're 10 so play basketball <laughs> and or play with the dogs or something and he's like okay well I'll start Monday and I was like or you'll start today you know yeah. because you set yourself up for failure that way and I try to tell that to people too it's like you know for me my the only way that I found success was you you know the sun's gonna rise every morning and you have a choice on whether or not you're going to take advantage of that. Right. And, you know, for me, it was like, I'm going to win today because I have control of that. But I don't know what tomorrow's got. So right. I'm not going to worry about it because tomorrow's already waiting on me. You know, no need to bring tomorrow's troubles to today. That's good. So I was like, that's just, that's the approach I had when I tell my clients, you know, um, one of my clients has a problem with like, she'll get really hungry if she has certain foods and she's a really good cook from what I've heard. I haven't tried anything, but, <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and she, uh, she'll every once in a while slip up and do something and she like kind of lets it weigh on her. And I'm like, okay, well, you know, that was in the past right? and good thing we're not defined by, you know, we, I say we're not defined. A lot of people are and they hold on to the, the weight of the past, but right. that's not what we're supposed to do. Right. You right. know, what totally. happened before happened before, but you have a choice to decide what happens next. Right. So totally. you can't change what happened before. Just make a better choice for the next one. You know, that's good. Well, let's uh, set this up and dive into some stuff. So get ready, folks. Here comes some facts that you can argue with. <laughs> According to um, USA Facts, do you know that Oklahoma, the state we're in, is the fourth highest state in the United States in obesity? In the last 15 years, 
from 1995 to 2020, okay, we Oklahoma went from 12% of our population being in the obese category um, to now we are at 38% of our population in Oklahoma. Um, adults with heart disease across the United States. In 2013, it was 27 million. In 2019, it's now 31 million. Heart disease has gone up. Percentage of adults with depression. In 2011, it was 17 and a half. In 2020, it is now 22% of people that are overweight, out of shape, also struggle with depression. Mm -hmm. And when you look at all the age grouping categories from 18 to 24, 35 to 44, 45 to 54, 50 to 64, all of them are between 23 and 25% are considered obese or over overweight folks. And all of that stuff, when you get all this extra weight, it adds not only to your stress, the stress on your body, but it does add to depression uh, because uh, of the chemicals in your body. Um, it You can have type 2 diabetes, which I personally had um, when I was at the 270 mark. Um, I was diagnosed with type 2 diabetes. And uh, just losing weight, I didn't really, I, I wasn't even at the gaining muscle portion yet. But just going from 270 to 215 cured me of type 2 diabetes mm-hmm. because of, of the weight loss. Took pressure off my heart. Yeah. Um, so, obviously, this is a big deal. Yeah. Um, when you're starting with clients, um, as you've started a business now, mm-hmm. and um, what do you see as one of the main reasons why people want to get in shape? Well, um, something that people don't want to talk about, but is just a reality, and it's not a bad reality, is that people want to look good. Right. You know, you want to be There's confident. nothing wrong with that. No, there's not. <laughs> and you'd think otherwise because media and the entire world says that you're beautiful no matter how, who, you know, what you look like. Right. And that's totally fine. Yeah. But it becomes a problem when you start promoting, um, like a big trend right now is that you have eating disorders if you focus on eating healthy food. And you can be orthorexic, but you see that, and that is a very apparent disorder. But it's not a disorder to track calories or to weigh out how much food you're eating. It's discipline, and people have a hard time, you know, separating those two things. And um, so that's a big thing is they want to look good. People want to feel good. And more than anything, especially, and COVID contributed to this mainly because of uh, the lockdown, you know, everybody who had a gym, gyms closed for a long time. Um a lot of gyms went out of business, you know, that's the thing too. And so what happened was people went from their routines to stopping their routines and being like, Oh my gosh, you know, we're going to be locked up for a month. And then here we are, what, two years, almost two years later. Um, so a lot of people, um, are wanting to take advantage of that and say, okay, well I wasn't even like a lot of people actually weren't doing anything before that either. And, um, whenever everything like the world kind of hit a, like a, pause and a restart button whenever the shutdown happens specifically mm-hmm. um which presented an opportunity for people to either continue living their lives the way they were or 
take up a new hobby or make a new change in their life. And so that's the other portion of people that I have is that they're like, okay, well, you know, I had a lot of time to think because you can't, didn't have anything else to do. You right. know? And so they were like, this is, this is what I want to do. So people started at home workouts and those are hard too to stay motivated. A lot of it's accountability. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's kind of where the jump started. So it's, I'd say those three main reasons. I agree. And I think too, um, another one is, um, I think people are way more focused on their health now because of COVID. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, um, in trying to, to get the right foods in their body. I don't think I've, I have seen so many people trying all these different, whether different types of diets, whether it's a Nutrisystem, mm-hmm. um, another one that a lot of, a lot of people that I know have, have used is, um, this uh, three-in-one wellness or five-in-one plan, Optima mm-hmm. Wellness. Um, I've got a, a ministry friend, man, has dropped, Mick, Mick Snyder, shout out to Mick, dropped yeah. a humongous amount of weight, right. you know, on that. So there's all of this stuff in the health and wellness sector, which you're in now. Right. Do you know, did you know that from 2017 to 2021, the health and wellness industry, uh, which is, includes also, by the way, spiritual self-care, right. which I think is interesting. Sure. We're going to get on that in another podcast, has grown from one, from a $1.5 trillion industry to now over $4 trillion a year mm-hmm. is spent on at-home workouts, mm-hmm. um, food and diet. But just from my personal experience, putting money on a trainer yeah. was the best thing I ever did. Yeah. Um, why you said you didn't do that though yeah okay and not everybody has that drive that you talked about with music of i'm just gonna i'm gonna be determined to make this happen and i'm not gonna quit um why why do you think if people should consider uh doing personal training getting a personal trainer involved in their life yeah well i mean the first thing i i do too whenever i talk to people is i ask you know a lot of people love the idea of having a trainer because it's somebody to help them um, get in shape but something I do before I even go down that path is I say well what do you want to do what are your goals because I want to make sure I'm the right person I, I there's no way that I could justify taking money from somebody to for something that I don't feel 100% capable of helping them achieve you know and I've actually had only one person luckily um, where I was like okay I don't think I'm, I'm the right guy for you but I do have somebody that'll help so usually I kind of determine what are their goals, you know, and um, obviously my my main like I actually have a uh, specialized certification that's called transformation specialist, which is very obviously very um, similar to what happened to me where I was, you know, 310 pounds and then at my lowest point dropped to about 220 and then now I kind of hover around the 230 and um, so that's like usually what I specialize in, but I can do other things too. Um, but you know, whenever people come to me and they say that they want to do that, I think it's really good for people who don't, there's different kinds of clients. Like I have some clients that, um, just like they, they know what to do, but they want to be good at it and Mm -hmm. they want to be better at it. And they want to kind of like, you know, fine tune their craft, you know, and, um, no, my, let's talk about that for a minute. I'm sorry. Sure, yeah. Cause I, that's probably where I fit in. I think that's probably my category. Yeah. That's um, honestly, I'd say probably most people for me, it's that accountability person. Mm-hmm. I know when I first started with, um, my trainer, 
um, that I had, um, there was a comfort level in that I didn't have to do anything as far as ahead of time. Yeah. I didn't have to make my workout list. Um, you know, he told me what to eat. Mm -hmm. And so it was more just filling in the blanks and then showing up and he told me what to do and whatever. Um, but he did a very good job because he saw that I was hungry. I was determined. I was going to change my body shape and my life. And he saw somebody in me that he, he said, you could do this someday. You could help other people. And so the way that he trained was his goal was, I don't want you to get, I want you to get to a place you don't need me. Right. Okay. And, um, but even as I work out by myself, I have found I miss that person. Yeah. I miss the talking, um, the encouragement, mm-hmm. um, and some of, and Eli, and I hope you're listening today. Cause I still, some of my fondest memories were the ones where we didn't have sessions, but he was working out and would just call me and we would go work out together. And yeah. then it was like, here's this ripped guy that used to do, you know, competitions and I'm sitting here <laughs> working out with him, you know? Right. Um, I think the, having somebody to be accountable to, in every area of your life, but especially if you're going to make a transformation is really, really important and worth the investment. Right. Absolutely. Because don't you think there's a difference? Um, well, let me, let me say it this way. Um, do you think it's possible that people focus way too much on just the weight number? Because yeah, you're no, nodding your head. Yeah. I, I actually, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because I have, uh, I have uh, a two clients that are a couple and then the husband trains or not husband, boyfriend, excuse me, um, trains with me one session by himself and then the other two, they train together. And so um, they, uh, that's exactly it. Whenever I get a new client, I say, listen, take measurements of your waist, your bicep, your thigh, your uh, hips, uh, chest, and that's pretty much it. And then take progress pictures. Um, Cause what I focus on is I don't focus on um, the number as much because that's it, it, that happens naturally. But what I always tell people is that what we're doing is a body recomposition. So your weight's not going to change a whole lot because you're going to be building a lot of muscle and you're going to be losing fat. So when you do those two things at the same time, you're going to see a big difference. So for example, um, Matt specifically, um, actually both of them really, I just don't remember Jen, um, who is his girlfriend. I don't remember what her uh, actual number down was, but he, if, uh, last time we talked, I believe it was somewhere around after about three months, like 10 or 11 pounds, maybe more. Um, and hers was like eight or 10, somewhere around there, which obviously it's different for women Mm -hmm. just because of all different aspects. Um, but they both collectively around their waist lost three inches in three months, Mm -hmm. which is a lot. Exactly. You know, when I was like, so, so happy for him because you can see when they like, they walk in and they kind of got this thing like they want to tell you something and they're like dude you know look at look at yeah. what we accomplished and i'm like yeah and then they took the progress pictures and he was like i flexed and like shocked myself and i was like yeah dude you yeah. work hard and you come in here and i tell them that because they travel uh go to concerts do a lot of you know do a lot of things where they have not the perfect diet but a good structure of what a good diet is and i tell them I'm like listen we're never going to train so hard that you can't walk the next day because while somebody is doing that and they're out for the next four days on rest, you're in two more times right. because mm-hmm. you're not that sore, right? And then the other thing is when you start to kind of shock your body and get it turning to like the right 
direction where you're burning fat pretty consistently and you're also building muscle on a regular basis, you can afford to have a little bit of mishaps and a little bit of those good foods because you still want to enjoy life. But Mm -hmm. you can afford to have those things because you know that it's one piece of a 10-piece puzzle that is, you know, it's, it's not as big of a deal for example you know now if you ate like that all the time obviously that's not a good thing right but i people just get really hard on themselves especially once they start paying a trainer because they're like okay well i'm wasting money because i'm eating this bad food and they let that weigh on themselves i'm like Mm -hmm. dude it's fine you know i i don't i think it's a crime that a lot of trainers um and a lot of trainers have always been in shape and have never had a hard time with food and so i think that's actually what helps me uh, and, and help sell me to other people is that they look at me and whenever I tell people that I was, you know, just shy of a hundred pounds heavier, like a year and a half ago, they don't believe me, Yeah, you know? And so I show them the picture, right? <laughs> and um, that's pretty much all people need because it's a lot easier to believe somebody who went through it than it is to believe somebody who didn't experience it, you know? And so um, that's, what, that's the biggest thing is body recomposition is different from gaining muscle and losing weight in the sense that it's not one or the other. It's both together at the same time, which like is, I think just the best of both worlds, right? You're burning fat, you're gaining muscle, you're physically toning uh, for lack mm-hmm. of a better term. And uh, it is good to track, especially because at the beginning you're going to lose weight, right? That's just a very, like that's an inev- inevitable thing to happen. Um, but it shouldn't be what you focus on. Right. Like my number has gone up, but it's because my strength has gone up. Right. And it's hard for me for somebody who was that overweight to look at my number going up and not go into like crisis mode and say, okay, I'm going to go a thousand calories a day when my maintenance calories is 2,800 a day, mm-hmm. you know? And then I start doing my body a lot of harm because I'm afraid of a number. And that's just how people are. You know, we're, it's a microwave society. We want something Quick. within a minute, you know? And you just have to start understanding. And what I tell people all the time is like, listen, up front before we get started you're not going to see a huge change in your number but you are going to see a huge change in yourself you're going to see a change in your um emotions you're going to see a change in your everyday day-to-day things like you're going to feel um more alive and more awake without as much caffeine you know and and it's just little things like that so yeah i was glad you brought that up because i think that's the biggest misconception is that it's all about the number and numbers are awesome and they're really impressive um but if that's all you're relying on then you can get let down a lot easier, you know, totally. because especially like you have one or like if you don't, if you eat super strict and super healthy for like a month and then one day you have like five pieces of pizza, obviously you didn't gain three pounds, right? but the scale would show that because your glucose levels spike, your actual cells can enlarge. So and water retention from sodium. Mm-hmm. So all these things are going to make you seem a lot bigger Then the next day. You're going to be back to your normal self. You right. know what I'm saying? So people get really stressed about that. It's kind totally. of funny. You know? So there's a difference then in, um, fat weight mm-hmm. and muscle weight Yeah, is what you're getting at. Yeah. And, um, that is so true. Dad, I know you're in your early seventies. Uh, by the way, did you know he's 37? I yeah. am 37. I can tell. <laughs> I, I invert the numbers. <laughs> so you're 73. Yeah. And I know about a year ago you saw, you saw my change. Right. And that right. Per, that caused you to want to start working out with my trainer that I was with at the time. Right. I mean, you dropped weight. Right. I remember when you started benching and curling and mm-hmm. there was not much there. And then, man, it was about six months and 
you had up the the weights and right. and how how did it how did getting better in shape and working out a little bit how did that affect you mentally as well, well as physically? Uh, I was one thing I was saying as Gabe was talking, we're talking about a holistic approach to life. Yeah. Most of us see the exterior. We like or we don't like what we see, which has significance to motivate us. But most everything functions from within. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was listening to a, uh, a guy talk the other day, a football player, uh, and he said, you catch the ball with your eyes before it ever touches your hand. Yeah. Uh, so it has to happen within. And I think I mentioned to you one, one Sunday, I, I look at you as a, as a minister. You're in that sense, you're ministering to people's whole person, mm-hmm. helping them not only to reshape physically, but to change the whole understanding of sort of the biology and the, the gift that God's given us in this body right. and how, how to uh, optimize it um, and, and becoming more focused and consistent in their thought and decision processes, set some boundaries regarding, again, diet and things. Uh, and all of that is the whole person working together for right. the good, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that's significant. Uh, I, I came across something, uh, uh, let me digress. I, I regret when I was back in school and we had, quote, biology, they didn't really teach us how the body was created to work. Yeah. They taught you body parts. Mm-hmm. But I, I came across something a few years ago called the biology of belief um, and, and just how God created the body that when everything is synchronized, the body is healthy. Right. But it has to do with your thoughts, mm-hmm. your conversation, not only the food you put in it and exercise, but a lot of the emotional, what we would call love and peace and thankfulness and these attitudes that are positive, mm-hmm. all of that works together and you literally can gain health when all of that is working together. Right. And, and it, it goes beyond just uh, the weight number or the shaping of the body. It has to do, again, with the whole person. Right. And I think that's significant because uh, uh, in the lead-in to John's show, he mentions about uh, spirit, soul, and body. Mm-hmm. Learning to, to, to look at all of that as one. Right. Because it really is intended to work together as one. And I told the trainer that, that I was working with for a while before the COVID thing, and like you say, he's had some issues with, with staying open and things, but regardless, I said, I want you to know you're a minister. You're really yeah. caring about people, and you're helping them because every step forward they make, not only do they see the difference, but they they feel the difference, and they have this greater sense of confidence and, and capabilities and all those internal things. Yeah that you had innate within you with music that you just unleashed, right? Uh, and we all have that if, if we can work together with the way God created us to work. And then when our, when our body is functioning, along with our mind and, and our emotions and, and these types of things, uh, we really can live, uh, I, I think, holistically in that sense of, of, of health. Mm-hmm. And so um, that was part of my motivation, too, because uh, when I was younger, I played sports. Uh, I could come home and I'd clear the table of right. the food because I'd go burn it off the next day. That's right. But that didn't change when I quit playing sports. Yeah, exactly. And all of a sudden, <laughs> so I, I've been overweight technically most of my life. Uh, I'd, I'd go on little binges and drop some weight, but it never really did me good because it, it was just a momentary, I got to drop some weight. But right. I hadn't thought of the whole processing that, that uh, I, I, I have a couple of years ago. So um, I value that. I value the fact that uh, you have to be willing 
to be vulnerable and admit you need help. You have to be willing to be accountable and have somebody work with you and, and show you. I, I was amazed. He just showed me simple movements and how you work a different part of your arm with the way you hold a weight or the right. way you move it. Uh, you know, and uh, uh, when I was in college, one of the th we all had to. Uh, there's four things everybody had to do before you graduate. You have to take a dance. I won't go there. You had to take swimming. <laughs> Just imagine him yeah. in a tutu. <laughs> no, I was not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or leotards. Yeah. It was that yeah. kind of dance, dude. <laughs> yeah. You had to take swimming. You had to take a team sport. Mine was volleyball, by the way. And then you had to take an individual sport. And the only thing open to me was weightlifting. Mm -hmm. So what did they do? They opened the, the room with all these weight machines, and for 30 minutes, you pumped weight. Nobody told you anything. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and so I was never schooled. I was never taught how yeah. the body works, and there's different aspects of the body that respond to certain movements and certain things like that. Right. So I think that's very valuable, what you're doing. Uh, right, again, too. not only for the health side, but the whole person, helping them to unleash that which is in them which is health. God yeah. wants us to live healthy. Absolutely. And, and, uh, but it all works together is what I'm saying. So yeah. I just commend you brother. Yeah, man. You hey, let me say, read a few things and Gabe, I want you to share anything. If you have a response or a mm -hmm. thought, um, folks, I want to talk to you just for, I want to give you some stats again on, um, ways that exercise can improve more than just your body, but it actually can help you mentally right. as well as emotionally. Did you know that exercising can ease anxiety um, and in this COVID era anxiety is high so listen to this folks um, researchers think that people who challenge themselves physically with exercise get used to being put in the space where fear and uh, physiological arousal intersect now that's not a bad word so just hang on <laughs> um, in that sense exercise is almost like exposure therapy helping you get comfortable with being uncomfortable then when anxiety inducing situations arise you're better well equipped to feel like it's no big deal mm -hmm. what do you think they mean by getting comfortable with being uncomfortable um well one of my like super crucial like things i have to ask myself all the time is um is am i in a state right now of uh, being stagnant or am i growing and the number one sign for that is does this feel uncomfortable you know, um, cause if something feels comfortable and something feels like something that you're used to and it feels, uh, familiar, then I don't think there's any question that it's not something that you have to, you know, adapt and grow with. Right. So, you know, when you talk about just like the physical number on a bicep curl, right. Um, progressive overload is what you would look at if you're looking at it from just the very simple, like physical standpoint, which is, um, for four weeks now, I'm currently a 25 um, for eight to 10 reps, right? So we say eight to 10 because my goal is eight, but if I feel good, I'll get to 10 and that's my cap, right? Mm -hmm. Now, theoretically, okay, so uh, 10, my 10th rep should be my hardest one because right. that's the hardest one to get up. You do that three sets, right? Well, after about a month, getting to 10 is super easy now. So I'm gonna change my rep range to 10 to 12. Mm -hmm. So now my base my my the minimum number i can get is no longer eight it's 10 now but if i'm feeling good if i'm feeling strong i'm gonna hit 12 now now once i get to 12 easy that's my sign to go up and wait right, right. so how does that start how did you get there well you got there by having a hard time getting to 10 and you kept working at it and you kept growing uh physically right 
Um, and just like what you're saying too, there's like serotonin that's released whenever you have this and it's literally like dumping out your anxiety. And that's what people talk about. You know, they have the runner's high where you're, you run for a long time. You're like, dude, I feel good. And it's like, same sort of thing happens, um, with weight training and resistance training. You, you work really, really hard and you do this like high energy expenditure. And then you have this release of serotonin that goes through your brain. You know, that's for me, like, especially if I'm really stressed out, um, before I make like any irrational decisions, like at the gym phone is either on do not disturb or airplane mode. Um, because especially if I go and I'm in a bad mood, it'll distract me and I won't mm-hmm. push myself cause I'm going to think about that or I'm going to let, you know, a text come through and then that's going to inter- interfere with my mood. So all those things can wait cause I'm never there more than an hour and nine times out of 10, I'm going to respond way better and handle something way better because I release that anxiety. I release that stress. And, um, it's the same sort of thing. Like it's, if you're in a state of comfort and you feel a hundred percent fine, that's not a bad thing, but mm-hmm. you also need to recognize that I'm also not growing right now. And it's okay to sometimes be in a place of, um, comfort and stability. But I think it's important that at least one major aspect of your life, you're in an uncomfortable position or you're a little scared. It's okay to be a little scared because that means that it's something that, you know, like I just recently started doing sound for the thunder Yeah, and I was super scared my first time because my dad did it for a long time and made quite the name for himself. Mm-hmm. And, um, I have the same name surprise. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you know, people heard my last name and the whole, the whole time it was, this is uh Gabe, Gabe Griffin name <laughs> <Yeah>. sound familiar. <laughs> and they're like, are you Jeremy's son? And I'm like, here we go. You know? Yeah. So expectations are already through the roof, but what makes me feel okay about that? is that I'm not Jeremy, right? Right, um, exactly. And my dad's never tried to make me Jeremy. And so I find comfort in that. And so that's okay, right? I, that's not a space that I need to, need to grow in right now, but I will eventually. And I had to in that moment because my, my fear going into the day, my first game, right, was they're going to expect me to be super good at this. Yeah. And then that was the uncomfort. And then the growth was hitting the spot of saying, well, good thing my name's Gabe and not Jeremy you know? Yeah. So it's the same approach, right? And you take that approach with everything. And that's, that's kind of like my telltale sign of knowing, um, whether I'm in a state of growth or I'm in a state of like, you know, being stagnant. Totally. So So what you're saying goes right with this right here. Um, people who exercise improve their mood. People who work out once, even once a week for as little as 10 minutes, just 10 minutes once a week, are more cheerful than those who never exercise. Mm-hmm. So come on, folks, push <laughs> away the potato chips, right. get out of the lazy boy <laughs> and get out and do something. God gave you legs and arms and yeah. a breathing capacity. Get out and do something. Get so t- tired of being frustrated and down and depressed and overweight. Quit saying, I'm going to do it tomorrow. Just get up and start doing something today. Mm-hmm. Did you know that exercise can improve your confidence because it improves your self-esteem? Right. You just um, talked about it. Those two people that came in and they're like, look, we've dropped all this, yeah. these inches, you know, mm-hmm. and you have a part in that, man. I mean, that's just got to be so cool. Yeah, it was. I was more happy than them, I'd, I'd say. Sure, <laughs> you know? sure. And, and something I want to say too, I think a lot of people um, 
it's kind of weird, but some I've had some people say, okay, before I do training, I want to lose a little bit of weight first. And I'm like, what? <laughs> Hello? Yeah, if you and, will train, and, you'll lose right. weight. <laughs> and what that is, is I think a lot of people think that going to a gym, yeah. there's stigmas and there's, but let me just say this. Okay. There's a couple of things that I've noticed um, that I, cause I started the same way. I started just doing the elliptical cause I didn't want to touch the weights. And I think that's okay. I don't think it's a bad thing to want to start somewhere and you don't have to jump right into doing a full push day where you're doing chest, tricep, shoulder, and pushing yourself to failure on certain sets or whatever, right? I started on the elliptical too. I think a lot of people start cardio, right? That's kind of mm-hmm. like, because everybody knows how to walk. You know? Right, right. So, um, you, you know, exercise is classified as a bunch of different things, but like I was talking about with my little brother, I was like, dude, play basketball for 30 minutes. Right. Or I even told him, I was like, if you don't want to play basketball, because it's, you know, I don't live at home anymore. So if he just wants to, if he can convince my dad, I guess he could play with dad. But I was like, just go outside and run around with the dogs for 30 minutes, you yeah. know? And, um, you know, I, I used to work for this place and I won't say it because I don't want to be that guy. Yeah. But they used to say that um, just getting up and doing a little bit of something is not good enough and does not exercise. And I was like, that's absolutely wrong. That is true. That is <laughs> Because, true. you know, you don't, you crawl before you walk and then you walk before you run, right? Yeah. So nobody can jump right in. You'll hurt yourself that way. And I tell that to people too. That's like, I'm not, I'm, you know, I'll give somebody two 20 pound dumbbells to do a bench press. And he's like, really? And I'm like, yeah, really? We're going to see how you feel. <laughs> right. We're going to get your sure. muscles warmed up. You know, you don't jump into sure. your heaviest thing, right? And, um, that's the thing. It's like, it, I think people get intimidated about going to gyms and that's fine. Don't go to a gym then. Right. You'll get there, you know, right. just start by walking for half a mile. And then tomorrow try, you know, 0.55 of a mile. You know, you got, most people have a watch that'll tell you once you hit 0.55, you know, right. Uh, listen to a podcast. Um, a lot of people will get on the treadmill. There's a girl actually at the gym that I uh, train at now who's in school, um, has a family and, uh, during her free time, she's like, well, I just sit on the computer and go through my classes. So she started bringing her laptop and sets it up on the treadmill. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, dude, that is inspiring. Yeah. Like I'm not even in school, but I'm like, that makes <laughs> me want to work harder. Cause you see that. And I think that too is an underrated benefit of working out at a gym is you see you're surrounded by people who all are trying to be the best version of themselves, right. which makes you want to do that. Right. You know, if you're sitting at home and you don't want to do anything and there's people being like, you know, Luckily, I have friends that are like that were wanting to push me to be the best version of myself. But if people are like, uh, you know, why don't you just stay and play games with us all the time and don't ever yeah. do anything or whatever, then I probably wouldn't, you know, you got to surround yourself by people that are going to present you opportunities right. to be successful. So, right. Well, something quickly, I know time's getting away from us, but um, my wife and I a few years ago joined the Y and we'd go and do ellipticals and whatever, you know. But Again, to me, the value of someone like you, a personal trainer, because again, in the gym, you're comparing yourself to other people. You have no, no reference to anything. You're just doing something. And again, it just takes endurance to keep doing it and motivation to keep doing it, which is necessary. But to me, a personal trainer is your advocate. Mm-hmm. You have, you, you have acceptance, you have value to them. They can help you in whatever area you need to feel like you need to develop in mm-hmm. uh and so it's very affirming to have somebody working directly with you than you just doing something which I, m- health is movement right i mean i purposely have a, a printer in another room here that i have to get up and walk down there to get it and right. i do that for a purpose yeah. you know, i could put it right there and just just be sedentary at a at a, at a computer mm-hmm. 
and even at the house i've got to walk upstairs to get my stuff you know right and and uh, but i've done that for a purpose because i want to keep moving but um there's a point again where that can become mundane but if you have somebody like you who is your advocate and they're there to not only point out areas that you can improve on never demeaning i never found the personal trainer i had demeaning at all oh no yeah and it was always to to explain how this movement will help you and doing this repetitively will uh, produce this and that type of thing so again i say uh if anybody's listening i guess you'll post some information you about know it uh you need to get a hold of gabe um because i found it changed my life and oh, yeah. i miss not having that right now because he's basically shut down yeah uh, doesn't have room for any more and he's basically going to shut down sounds like uh, so uh, i'm trying to do some things on my own at the house but yeah. that's even more challenging because yeah. again you got to be self-motivated to stay yeah. with it and the couch is that much closer and the couch is that much closer <laughs> right. that is so true so but anyway i just uh, think you're doing a great work man and uh, i just commend you for it so if if you're ready to make some changes in your life um, you can go it alone and you can try to do it alone and you might have some success. But if you want to make changes and go farther faster, you need to get a mentor in your life. You need to get somebody who's walked the road, who can who understands the things you're feeling and the things you're thinking. And someone like Gabe, who has walked that road, is a great person, great advocate to invest not only your time in, but also to invest some money in because man, whatever we're passionate about, we're going to put money into it. I mean, um, when, when you're passionate about eating pasta and lasagna, boy, you'll, you'll drop 50 bucks to go make yourself a good lasagna. Yeah. Not even thinking about all the carbs you're eating, That's right. you know, and the weight you're going to put on cause you don't care. Mm-hmm. You you want the pot. Listen, if you want to change your life, put some money into it right. as well as some commitment um gabe if they want to get in touch with you how can they do that uh, a couple different ways um you can always contact me through um my phone number which i feel comfortable giving because all the spam people already have it so I'm not losing any, <laughs> anything here but it's 405-615-1654 um feel free to call or text me i have a bunch of numbers that i don't know call and text me all the time just because i see my card um, or you can message me on like Instagram or Facebook and I'm just Gabe Griffin on there. Um, and that's usually where I get most of my messages is like Instagram and Facebook and then just through texting. So contact me that way. Um, I do train at cliff fitness, uh, which is closer to like the Edmond slash North OKC area, but I do have, uh, some people that I train outside of there. So if you guys have any questions or, you know, feel free to just contact me if you're something, if you're thinking about it and you don't know if you want to do it, ask me kind of like some details you know more than happy to answer any questions it'll be worth your time and worth your effort and i'm going to put all of that information into the description of this podcast so uh, you can get his phone number and get in touch with him right here on this podcast gabe thanks for being with me i want to do this again Mm -hmm. with you and we'll get some more specifics and uh, talk about what it means to eat clean how to put a good diet plan together we can talk about some of that because man 80 percent of the work is what you put into your body you know you put bad stuff in you're gonna get bad stuff out Mm so um find find gabe hit him up get him involved in your life and uh you can change your life because the world deserves a renewed you your family does your spouse does so do your friends god bless you thanks for being with us today on this edition of the renewed you podcast 
Go out there and make a difference in your life and make a difference in your world. See you next time.